This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? How you doing? I'm great. The sun is shining. I'm feeling good. I've got some great updates. How are you? I feel like all the starts of our episodes now that it's springtime are like so much everything's happier. magical. There's flowers and birds singing. It's great. You're so right. We'll have to go back. I'll have to like go back to our winter episodes and then like keep track as we head into summer and through fall mm-hmm. and see how our voices. And our reactions might change. Evolve as time goes on. Based on the seasons. Because, yeah. you know, here in Rochester, we get every season. <laughs> and we get it aggressively. Sometimes winter lasts for like eight months. <laughs> it really, I mean, everybody was like, that felt long. And I was like, did it? And then I was like, it did. It really did. Yeah. So. It's yeah. like I haven't been doing it my whole life. I, I think it affects us more now than it ever has. I really do. Yeah. Even though we're used to it, we've been doing this for some time now, I think that Mother Nature is finally wearing me down. I think it's finally happening. <laughs> You've lived enough years where you're like, I'm only 28. Really, it's only going to get worse. This is taking a lot out of me. <laughs> I just need like that sun lamp light thing. Maybe that'll help me. Yeah, I think I need to up my vitamin D intake during the wintertime. Like, for real. Yes, I agree with that. We should do an episode on vitamins. Because, spoiler alert, I did clean out my pantry, and I had so many unopened bottles of vitamins when I got on, like, a kick. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you that the episode on vitamins is going to be eat healthy food, and you'll be okay. (laughs) But there are vitamins that you should be taking, too. I, I feel a debate coming on. Yeah, this might be a debate. I don't think we've had a debate episode. (laughs) Debate episode. Like, I don't think that that's a good idea. We should do that. That'll be fun. (laughs) I'm already prepared because of my previous habits. But you know about... I'll fight you. Anyway, you knew about my care of. I know your habits. (laughs) Anyway, I think that is an episode in the making, but we'll get back to that another day. (laughs) Yeah, we'll discuss that offline. (laughs) No big deal. How... How are your uh, things happening? What are your updates based on all the things that we've been working on? (laughs) Everything's great. Okay, so my update this week, I gave you a little, like, side piece that Mm -hmm. was my pantry clean-out. I'll get into that another week. Oh, yeah. But that was aggressive, but awesome. But the big update is I put, slash, my faux countant Chelsea put capsule wardrobe into practice. It was awesome. We feel like we killed it. Nailed it. it. As a team, I feel like we really did it. And so a few weeks ago, Chell listened to our capsule wardrobe episode, I think partly because she's like, I support you. And, but this was something that really like was personally affecting her life too. And it was something that she, so she's a mom of three little ones. She's got little triplets. And she was like, I pretty much haven't been shopping for myself since before the I got pregnant with the boys. So it was time. It was really time. And so she had a chance to go through. I was like, okay, now go through your closet. And I know Chelsea's style is like 
basics all the way. We are very similar in like what we dress like. We both like easy stuff, but like a little tailored and like mm-hmm. structure, but but no, not a lot of pattern, not a lot of color. So I know what she's into. And so I was like, go through your closet. And she is like the clean out queen. So she was like, anything I haven't worn in this much time out, anything that doesn't fit out. And so she donated a bunch of stuff. And she's like, this is all that's left. So what we did then was be like, okay, what are our needs? Like, what do we need? What is our life like these days? And what is going to make us feel good? So like, those were the highlights. And what we end up realizing is that she really needed pants, like good jeans that Mm -hmm. kind of were versatile and went a bunch of different places. She needed some shirts and she needed like a new jacket sweater type of thing. And so we hit up the mall. We, she came to Rochester and we went to Eastview and it was She's not, she told me I could tell the story in depth. I was like, I'll do like the highlights. And she's like, no, you can tell it like it really was. So (laughs) we. I have a feeling I know where this is going. Like I've lived it before. So (laughs) we started, we got some coffee. We started out strong, but Chell, like she hits a point where she's just kind of done and she doesn't like trying stuff on. And I feel her on that. Like I also really hate trying things on, but when it comes to pants, like you really want to make sure that they fit the right way way just walk into a store and grab a shirt and walk out of there no and especially when you're building stresses me out yeah and like you're she's building something for herself and I think we both understood that taking the time to really make sure that the things that she was buying and like this was an investment so the things that she was buying fit the way that she wanted them to fit Mm -hmm. she felt really good so we knew that That should be everything that you buy absolutely yeah that's actually a really good point like you want to if you're investing in anything make sure you enjoy it and are excited about it and you feel great in it. Or if you find something that doesn't fit but are willing to either if it's a five dollar dollar you know bin at the Salvation Army or something get it tailored. Yes absolutely and and that I think we didn't talk we might have talked about that at the capsule wardrobe episode how tailoring is like a part of this it's like a branch off of the main is that that should always be kept in the back of your mind that tailoring is an option and it is a well-used option i think in a lot of ways if you want to kick things up a notch absolutely get things tailored and like structure them and make them fit your body the way that you want them to fit so we knew we had a short window because we both get tuckered out pretty quickly. <laughs> it was a Sunday. A full day of shopping is a lot. It is a lot. And I think I forgot how much of a lot it is. So we had three main goals. So I went to Madewell to get the pants because I think that they're fairly affordable. They are good quality. And I think what I like about Madewell for jeans is that they have a bunch of different styles. Mm-hmm. So we walked out with a few pairs of jeans that all served a different purpose. And she was super happy. I think doing pants on stop one before you're super tired was awesome like that yeah made a huge difference when you try on a pair of pants and they don't fit in whatever way it's like the saddest thing where you're like this is all i need exactly and if you're on the brink of tears because you're tired <laughs> last place you want to be then they're just gonna fall they're so just gonna go which styles did she end up with pant wise so we did a black jean which she fought me on but i think is really important Necessary. so and then we did a cuffed like boyfriend but mm-hmm. at madewell the boyfriend like my boyfriend jeans are like 
really baggy in the booty area and that works for me because they're very comfortable but these were like cuffed and they were a little looser at the bottom but fit over her like waist and, and oh, nice. hip and thigh area really nicely so, but that's they the kind looked, of boy, boyfriend Gina I would get down with and they were really they were casual looking but you could definitely like throw a cute jacket on mm-hmm. and like throw a pair of heels on and go and, and feel really good about those. Um, we got like a tapered blue jean that was like a straight leg all the way down. So no cuff on it, mm-hmm. but it was like a step up from the boy do- boyfriend jean. So it like fit the leg all the way down to the ankle. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really good. And she got another pair and I can't remember what it was, but I wanted to make sure. Oh, I think she got another pair of blue jeans that was like a even more casual, maybe had like a hole in them. I can't remember. But the ones I wanted to make sure were that she had a nice jean that she felt good in that she could wear like an everyday jean. Exactly. Yeah. Like those were for me what we wanted to accomplish so that was great success it was it really was and then we went to j crew we got some t-shirts like just easy t-shirts because mm-hmm. that's like what they have sh- really good they do they have great basics. basics yeah so that was good and then she actually got the same sweater jacket that i have <gasps> in gray they had it there they did so that was awesome because i pulled it in black for her and she likes gray way more than she likes black so we've got it in gray and you can do that like what i like about this one you can do a popped collar or like it's a blazer ish so you can like roll the sleeve and pop Mm -hmm. the collar and have it be more casual or you can put the collar down and have it look like a blazer with a rolled sleeve and have it be a little bit more like, I don't know, more work appropriate, but it translates really easily. What I like about it too is that it's like a thicker fabric. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, I feel like some of the blazers I have are like either super tailored and like very, like you can't really fuss around with it. Yeah. And this is like kind of a like sweatshirty, but like structured. Yes thickness that makes it workable with literally everything that you own. You're so right. And I think what I, I, I've owned like some of those larger oversized um, blazers that mm-hmm. are like, they call them either boyfriend or mine's like or super whatever. flimsy and kind of just like drapes. Yes. And the one I had, I like, it doesn't fit anymore, but I liked it cause it was oversized, but mm-hmm. this is like oversized in the way that doesn't make you look oversized like it it yeah. fits just really well as long as it fits like right in the shoulders i think that's what you're looking quality. for quality yes tip number one quality um and then the last place we had and this was like when we were both kind of running out of steam and both really needed to have some lunch um we went to athleta because chell has been going to yoga and really loves it and that i think is different than like running and you want to find workout clothes that you feel good in Mm -hmm. and you feel supported in and Chelsea also owns a gym she owns a sports facility so she's in like higher end athletic clothes most of the time when she's at work so I think finding sounds like my dream come true I know yogs all day Mm -hmm. but I think the combination of of going to yoga more often and really loving that workout as well as the space that she works in it's it's good to invest in some better workout clothes i think for that reason so that was great i i loved putting what we talked about into action and knowing that she was really excited to do it and the bonus was we did so much shopping for her that i didn't feel the need to shop at all because i felt like my need to shop was satisfied by her shopping i'm so proud of you it felt good i also like that you guys came into the whole session 
with a list Mm -hmm. and like exactly what you were on the hunt for. It's also kind of a miracle that you ended up finding everything that you were looking for. I agree. I think the only thing we were looking for one, I think we were looking for like a zip up, like a, a like a good mm. sweatshirt zip up that was also like not nicer, but you know, like better quality and we just couldn't find it. But I know that like Lululemon is going to be opening in a few weeks here at the mall here in Rochester um, at the Eastview Mall. And I think like we'll probably go for another round just to see if there's something there because I know it's so funny because that's one of the things that was on the list that we just couldn't we couldn't find one I was like don't compromise on this like we need to find one that you feel good in yeah and like even if it's um even if you find one that's inexpensive like if you don't like it then don't buy it mm-hmm. so she might have bought one by now I'll have to check in with her but um but it I was got, a great experience I got mine from Ralph Lauren oh hear that chill Ralph Lauren <laughs> Let's do that. That's the other thing, too, is, like, sometimes you do have to resort to, like, you can't buy everything at boutiques, even though you want to. Yeah. But you can find great quality pieces, things to, like, toss in seasonally, Mm -hmm. always, you know, supporting shop local, Mm -hmm. naturally. Absolutely. But there will be moments where you're like, I'm just going to try and hunt on the web. I've also heard Alternative Apparel has great, like, quality pieces in terms of, like, basics or, like, Zippa, if she's looking for, like you know, fitness style, but upscale. Yeah. Great brand for that. That's good to know. We're taking notes. And so I think that was just, you know, it's, I think that every week we've talked about like our updates is really trying to put into practice what mm-hmm. we've talked about. And this was a great way to do that. I think for both she and I, because I probably will need to do this in the next couple of years. Um, the other thing that I benefited from was that she brought all of her clothes to me and was like you go through these and then if you don't want them then donate them and the best thing about Chelsea is that well sorry one of the many great things about Chelsea (laughs) is that she takes such care in everything that she does and so when you know I totally ignore washing directions like they just don't exist to me (laughs) which isn't good and this is probably why I go through clothes so quickly but Chelsea does. And so everything she brought me that either like didn't fit or wasn't right for her anymore or just she needed still to move on Christine. was still in such good shape. And I was like, I'll take this and I'll take this. And I'll take this. Because it was like, it, this isn't bad stuff. Like this, when this goes to Goodwill, someone will find this and be like, this is a great find yeah. because it's still in like pristine condition. So I did like maybe just hand pick a couple dresses that I thought like I could maybe reuse. And then make a note like maybe I should use the cold cycle and the delicate cycle. <laughs> just I'm still yeah, I my mom separate your clothes like I do separate. I separate. <laughs> I think uh my mom who's hopefully listening is like cursing me right now because for so long and I've been doing my laundry a long time and mm-hmm. she's like you've been doing it wrong for how many years she's probably not thrilled um so maybe that'll be my update next week <laughs> I think if there's anything that you can do and you want your clothes to last and especially if you're investing in pieces now that we're all you know Adults. on on our way to adulthood <laughs> um I feel like Washing your clothes according to the directions that they list, or you know, when things say dry clean only, bring them to the dry clean. I obviously always, but you know, those things I never see again because I hate you stress me out. 
<laughs> so like they're there and they will I'm not leaving, go in my washer I'm dryer. this podcast recording session and we're off. This is what makes it great is because we're so different. <laughs> Just tell me to pick it up for you. And you appreciate our differences. <laughs> okay. Can we do like a weekly if you go, why don't you text me when you go to the dry cleaner and I'll just give you my stuff mm. and then I'll just pay you back. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Since you've got that that adult thing totally handled. Got it on lockdown. Not yet. Not yet for me. So that's my update. What about you, Brown? So I mentioned the on our last episode that I am having a very hard time doing nothing. I realized that I'm not good at it. And so I was like, I'm going to try and figure out how to make this work and do a better job self-caring for my, my life. <laughs> I love how you're like the process for you to do nothing is to do so much before you can do <laughs> <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> but that's your way. <laughs> yeah, it's my way. So it's been um, a little kind of crazy this last month. May always mm-hmm. ends up being like it's fun because it's my birthday month, but mm-hmm. it always ends up being like kind of overwhelming. Yeah. And there's always, I think because there's like lots of stuff happening other friends have birthdays. There's always lots of events. Everybody's excited because it's now springtime. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like on Saturday, it was my first, over the weekend, it was my first moment where I was like, okay, you have the evening off. Mm-hmm. And Dan and I were on a hike and he was like, you need to practice something that I have just now coined (laughs) so this is like stamp it tm it stamp it he's gonna you know start we were joking that he's gonna like start a motivational speaking program (laughs) around this whole thing it's called lighthousing and so it's basically the fact that like a lighthouse the light is always scanning it doesn't stop on anything yeah but it's like you know it's always moving you'll see when the ship is coming it's on the hunt yes So that's what I need to do and the rest of the world needs to do when they're doing their do-nothing time or their relaxing time where Uh you're not. And especially for someone like me who's just always going Mm -hmm. and needs to like actively practice pausing and enjoying downtime, um, especially when you have a really hard time doing that. Yeah. When you think like, oh, yeah, well, like having a glass of wine with my friends is downtime. It's like, no, you need like mental space like stepping back defining the thing that i need and that i want in order to like live my rock star life yeah and so this act of you know you're scoping what's happening you're moving through your day you're doing only what comes to you as an enjoyable task and it's a lot like i kind of equated it to meditating when um you know you're going to you know, lose your train of thought a little bit, where you're going to have a moment where you're you're no longer in the, like, zen state that you were in. You're, like, focused on and breathing. You, and yeah. Like <laughs> and your brain loses it. And you just acknowledge it. And you're like, okay, I've got off track. Mm-hmm. I thought about something that I need to do. But it's not necessary for you to do the thing that immediately comes into your head. And so for me, it kind of comes into play in two different ways because I talked about how the social media thing was becoming problematic on my downtime nights. I found myself just endlessly scrolling and I was like, this is a problem. So I was like, okay, during this time, I'm going to leave my phone in the other room so it's just separated enough from me that it's not like an arm's length away. Right, right. And then anytime I realized I needed a pad of paper because it's 
my brain gets stressed out when there's things in it mm-hmm. because I'm like, I can't forget this. I can't forget this. I can't forget this. And so it's the act of writing it out where like I was just reading a magazine and I was like, oh, I need butter. <laughs> just stuff like that. <laughs> just stuff randomly pops in your head. So it's like my notepad was ridiculous because it was like random because normally I would put these things like in my calendar Mm -hmm. or my shopping list or whatever so it would all have a place and usually that required me to be using my phone or putting things you know in a special place or opening an app but I was like I don't want to be on my phone during this time because that proved to be problematic so it was more so just the acknowledgement of like okay I'm bad at doing nothing how do I do this in a way that allows me to feel relaxed but mm-hmm. remember the th- like as things come to me because in the past I would just dive into it right I would be like oh I thought about how I need to clean my kitchen floor so I'm gonna just I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. but that's not the point schedule out the time or make a note like this is a thing that's on my mind I will need to do this but is it necessary right now right because I think my another thing that kept coming up for me was that I would try and go do that thing and then I would be like frustrated about it or it would take me two times as long or ten times as long because I was like you know just huffing and puffing or not feeling productive well and you are really good about scheduling as far as like the cleaning your kitchen floor example you're so good at scheduling that time Mm -hmm. to like do an overhaul clean of your apartment so I feel like yeah that would fit into the camp of like this is something that's going to be scheduled anyway then Mm -hmm. why am I doing it right now right and it kind of brought me back to a moment um, back from in college when I would clean the apartment after, like, in college we would have some people over and the apartment would get dirty. <laughs> and so I'd be like, we need to clean this now. And I would go and clean it. And then my roommate would come out and be like, oh, I have to be studying. I don't have time to clean right now. I was like, just because I'm cleaning doesn't mean you have to clean. But that's, I would feel the same way. I'd be like, does she expect me to be cleaning now? Like, this isn't on my calendar for right now. (laughs) So it kind of was like me acknowledging that in order for me to savor that free time, I also need to like, the things that I know I need to get done, maybe it's better that I schedule it out further or like know that, if, hey, oh, I'm going to have, you know, 30 minutes on at this time or just actually taking in and savoring that free time because I sat there and I sipped some tea and was like, oh, I feel like picking up my magazine and so I picked up my magazine and I flipped through like normally I'm like I'm gonna read all seven magazines because they're stressing me out because I have seven magazines and like that's not okay and so it was like I see the magazine I'm gonna read some of it and then I was like hmm I really feel like tea right now Mm -hmm. and then you go and you make yourself more tea and like just kind of flowing through the day and that's because that's such a foreign thing for me it's actively taking the time to like just see what comes up and if there's something that it's like this is a a Mm to-do writing it down instead of doing it right because that's what ended up leading me to feel like my downtime wasn't downtime and it wasn't yeah it wasn't your own it was Mm -hmm. it belonged to whatever task you felt like you had to do and I think what's really interesting about the process that you're going through is that it is slow like Mm -hmm. it is it is like acknowledging and like you said with meditation it's acknowledging one thing at a time instead of packing so many things into a short amount of time or even if you have a whole day to pack in a ton of stuff into a day so I think what is really great about this is like you're not acknowledging that like 
things that you're doing are bad or wrong. You're just acknowledging that you move at like light speed so much of the time that even if you want to still do some of those things, slowing them down might be part of the solution to what you're looking to accomplish. Exactly. And I think that's what like so much of this is about is like, if you're also someone who is trying to do everything or you're you're actively trying to do nothing on a more regular basis, like finding out how that works into your own life and your own schedule and getting to know yourself to the point where you know what that looks like is so important. And I feel like mm-hmm. there are so many resources out there that I think sometimes we kind of gloss over really understanding who we are as individuals and what we might need because we're like, oh, that person does it that way. Let me just do it that way and see if that works instead of like you've done, really take time to get to know yourself well enough to know what's going to work for you. Right. And the act of having that notepad available allowed me to have a really good sense of what do I want in the moment right now? Because when I wanted it, I just did it Mm -hmm. versus, oh, this has come into my mind and this is something I need to do. But it's for later. Yeah. And like, and that's like, that's so slow. Like that slowed down. And even like, even removing yourself from your phone is just oh my gosh, a huge, like that's like a leap over the Grand Canyon, it feels like. And I know the Grand Canyon is enormous. So it's just one of those things. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's one of those things that feels so simple, but we are so close to our phones so much of the time that sometimes we don't realize that that really is the inhibitor for getting to the place that we want to go. So it's not like you're ditching the act of like letting your mind go to the thing that you need to do. You're just you're just recording it or acknowledging it in a totally different way mm-hmm. that has changed everything in a sense for like your mind and I know this is still a work in progress but like that's a huge step forward but like I literally didn't know these things right until you did them having done them and having had the conversation where I was like what well and really you you said something (laughs) super interesting and I'm gonna get it wrong but like minutes ago where you were like you said something like you need to get to know yourself or like something like that, that was you were acknowledging that your process is going to be different than someone else's Mm -hmm. process. And that takes time to understand too. So it's like, there's this bigger, there's this much, much bigger thing that you're really trying to drill into that you think like maybe one topic is on the outermost layer, but Mm -hmm. it's actually a totally different topic. And the core of what you're trying to get to is also completely flipped. So it's kind of like this mind screw up that you're just kind of continuously trying to figure out. And it takes work. Like even the process of doing nothing takes so much work. To actively slow down and think about what I want to do in a moment. Because again, I haven't ever done it. Right. So to think to myself, like, what do you want to do right now? I just attributed everything that was in my mind as a, a want. Yeah. Or a, I need a, I need to do this right now. And it's like, that. no, that's not the case. Right. Right. And I think, <laughs> like, again, it's separating needs from wants. It's separating, like, who am I versus who is someone else? Mm-hmm. And, like, what does my day look like? And what does my tomorrow look like? And, and it's a thousand questions, but all of these will become a habit as so many things have because you've taken the time to get to know yourself well enough to know what you need instead of just like what's pushing you over the edge at that moment. Exactly. So I think that's super cool. And I feel like this goes right into the thing that's inspiring me really well because uh, I, in this time, was like, 
what do I want to do with this free time that I have available to me? <laughs> it's like you're seeing mop the colors and, for the first time. <laughs> mop and sweep the kitchen? No, put it on the calendar. Um, I have been thinking about wanting to learn how to give myself a blowout, like oh. blow dry my hair with a round brush and make it all like big and voluminous um, because my hairdresser are... BFF Amy does my hair and she gave me a blow like a full normally she'll just blow dry my hair straight and curl it yeah um and I was like can you do like you know big volume waves waves yeah and she did it and I was like this is the best hair I've ever had ever (laughs) and so I immediately got hooked because my hair has gotten a lot longer the longest it's ever been in my whole life and it's very exciting and fun it's very long it's very mermaid hair mermaid hair goals (laughs) Hair goals achieved. So um, in this moment of wanting to just do the things that I wanted to do on this recent weekend, I sat there and I was like, okay, I'm going to find on YouTube a video that actually teaches me how to do this. Because in the past, I'd like thought about it and did a bunch of research and was just coming up with like terrible articles that were like some person taking a photo and trying to like verbally explain it and that it was not matching up i was like i literally have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) i don't even know how to put a roller in my hair what it's like your photo doesn't match up with anything (laughs) what how do you get your hand which hand is doing what and so it was very confusing to me and then i watched some videos where it was like other like hairdressers hairstylists actively doing the blowout and i was like this doesn't help me either because it's a totally different angle like it's not you doing it to yourself which is the most challenging thing and so now that my hair has gotten longer it takes so much more time for me to like do a curl wand Mm. curl and so i've just been kind of resorting to like a big barrel like curl the ends and have it like sleek mm-hmm. um and so i was like i wonder if i could achieve the same result with my like roll round brush mm-hmm. and my blow dryer to like take a whole other step out boom found it nailed it so did you google those words yeah so i was just in my saturday of lighthousing mm-hmm. we're i making it a thing we're making it we've created dan has coined the term it's a fish tm so i was i it came into my mind and i was like okay maybe this will be the first time that i actually sit down and like youtube this for real and so i just googled it and found a youtube video that looked like the girl's the screenshot was like a girl with the hair that i wanted and i was like (laughs) this seems like this is gonna work this is gonna be it and her name is uh naomi boyer and she does like a bunch of fashion videos and hairstyle stuff and it's all really clean and beautifully like put together and super digestible in a way that made complete sense and had a logical walkthrough Mm -hmm. of like I am a real person, and I'm going to show you how to do this. And I had just recently gotten a sample of the Whey volume spray. Oh, yeah. And so I bit, that was really what I searched. I was like, blow out with Whey Using volume this. <laughs> Will I actually but get the result But that makes sense, that because you're like, I have this. Now I need to also, use, I'm not going to go out and get a different product to figure out how yeah. to do this. So that makes a lot of sense. So I wanted to just, it was like... If this doesn't work out, I'll be exactly where I was before, and we'll just have to ask Amy to do it for me from time to time. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) Or I learned this. And so the video ended up being super straightforward, um, and I felt like 
the way that she talked about adding the product, how to like rough drying your hair so that it's like mostly dry before you start to do the like round brushing and just the process that she walked through. She even did like you can do just the front of your hair, which people see first and Mm. kind of do like a basic just like blow dry the back of your head so that it looks decent um and so that you spend most of the time on your front facing that makes pieces sense. yeah and it takes like five ten minutes and so th- just the way that she walked through it was like so much easier than i've ever seen it before and i'm going to share the video in our show notes and oh, i'll also awesome. show you guys a uh, snapshot because in the video she was like i'm not sure that you'll guys you guys will nail this on the first try it's going to take some like technique and practice tell me that you nailed it on the first try <sighs> Heck no. Oh, okay. I was like, in true Brown fashion, she nailed it on the first try. It, the hard thing was like, was she using her left hand or her right hand, ah. like your dominant hand? And so that was the only thing that was hard is like one side of my head was more difficult than the other side. Okay. So like doing the right side of my head was a lot easier because okay. that's like a natural... Like that cross makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like pulling away from your face Got as it. you're doing it. And, like, the twisting technique. It just was the actual process of seeing someone do this in a video form and seeing how she twirled it and how she angled her hair dryer. I was like, this is achievable. Hmm. I love that. Magic. And I love that, like you said, like, this was a thing that was something you've been wanting to do that instead of, like, putting it off to do something else that you felt like had to get done mm-hmm. or was more pertinent or you need to run out and get your butter, like whatever it was, this took precedence because it's like, this is something I've been wanting to do. This is something that I can do right now. This is kind of part of the doing nothing because it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Was it was doing like a, this is like a non-essential task. It's like fun. It's fun for you. And it will like, and it's going in a direction that you've wanting you've been wanting to go in anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like checking something off the list, yes. But it's also something that like every time you're probably doing your hair, you're like, wow, I really wish I knew how to do that. And so you're sitting there being like, now I know at least how to start learning how to do that. And now you can practice because you've seen the video. You've like kind of gotten down the basics, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yep. So I like how that kind of fits into your update in a way that like all of those things start working together. Yeah. So, And the second time I did it, it was a lot easier. Oh, that's good. See, practice. But it's like muscle. You just have to get like the the technique down. And I had enough time where I was like, this will be fine as like an activity to do while I'm before. Because usually I'm like rushed getting ready. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't learn how to do this now. It's yeah. like, I'm just hanging out and my hair is still wet for my shower. So might as well. Let's do this. I so I have never I have super curly hair. So everything you've just talked about is never it's not gonna be my life. And so I have when I used to straighten my hair, I didn't even attempt doing that because I was like, this isn't gonna last for very long. So but what I've like in like kind of the other side of what you're talking about with the blowout and like trying to do different things with my curls because they're so curly. And mm-hmm. I think because our friend Amy also has turned me on to Diva Curl and I'm using like the right product now and all of that kind of stuff like I want to learn how to do different stuff with my curls because I have now that you've like you got step one down exactly like I'm using the correct things that make (laughs) my hair look the way that I want it to look not just like a like 
it's a toss up every day kind of a thing. You're like, fingers crossed this works out. Exactly. So, so that, yeah, step one done using the right products. But I think like, I never think when I'm having a do nothing day, it's usually like a binge watch, whatever show that I haven't caught up on yet Mm -hmm. day. But there have been like, like probably two times in the last like five years where I've gotten in front of the mirror and have done like some twists or I've put it up differently or I've tried something new. And it's frustrating because I am someone who wants to be good at something on the first try. So my patience level is generally very low for new things like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if I take the time and watch a YouTube video, if I'm really serious about for an event or doing something different and having like a new process, it might be the best way to spend my time. And so that's super inspiring. Love it. Yeah. What is inspiring you this week? Um, So this week, you know, usually mine is an article or something that I saw or something that we're going rogue this week. We're going super rogue. And I it's not that I couldn't come up with anything. It's not like I what I didn't read anything that like sparked some kind of fire in me because I generally seek those things out depending on what my week is kind of looking like. But I think, you know, there's been a few people that I follow on Instagram um you know both of them, but they've been asking these like not hard questions, but like questions that nobody asks you or nobody expects like a real answer to. Like someone you know had said, like, what was what what would your eight year old self be upset that you weren't doing anymore? Like what what was that? And I was like, well, that's a great question. And usually I just kind of gloss over those things. I'm like, well, I always wanted to be a famous singer and that's never going to happen. So moving on. But like, I used to really like to swim and I like was obsessed with the water. I still am. But it's something I like have, it's not easily accessible to like get to a pool for me. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't really done it in a really long time. And so like, I was thinking about those things that like, what, what is not like work related or like bettering yourself in quotes that also just makes you really happy and makes you feel like kind of free and like lets your heart open up a little bit. And I was like, I haven't really focused on those things in a while. So I took some time to really think about like, what are those things that make me feel good? And so I'd love to start swimming again because I really love it. It was always like one of my favorite things to do both like competitively and just for fun. Mm -hmm. I used to like live in the water and I miss it. And I think like coming to terms with that is something that I was like, you can do that. (laughs) Like it was like, like, by the way, you're an adult. (laughs) You can figure that out. You can eat ice cream for dinner and you can go swimming whenever you feel like it. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where you're like, I, I think, like, for me, the ice cream for dinner thing is, like, but should I? And But, like, the swimming thing is, like, but you can. Like, go do it's it. It's like, what, well, why haven't you? <laughs> exactly. And, like, the other thing that I'd like to do more of is biking more often. Mm-hmm. And, like, I always feel like I look stupid when I go biking. Like, I always feel like someone's going to see me. And I just like, thought about Phoebe and Rachel and friends and how Phoebe was a terrible runner. <laughs> but she did but it she anyway. But she was free and she did it anyway. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like I'm, in this sense, weird. But, like, I feel like I'm flying when I ride a bike. Like, it is the best feeling when it's a nice day and you're on the right side of the road and you've got your helmet on everything's okay safe. you're being safe but it's like this feeling that I'm like what like why don't I seek that feeling out more often instead mm-hmm. of just being like well let me I only have like 10 minutes to get there now so I might as well just drive which isn't bad but like 
I could take more time. I, I live in a super bike accessible area. Like most of the places I go are within biking distance or walking distance. And I just choose not to because I'm like, this is easier. I'm like, but if I keep doing everything that's easier on things that actually make me happy, then like, what the heck am I doing? So like, that's what I've just been thinking. And I guess the inspiration part of that is like, let yourself be happy by doing things that might not be always super easy or super accessible, but they make you really happy. (laughs) Maybe think a little bit more about like what it is that you, that sparks that excitement in you because why aren't we thinking about that? Right. Because it's so true because you just go, it's a lot like what happened with me in my lighthousing moment. Yes. Where you're like, this is, this seems pretty easy and straightforward. Like, why why wouldn't I just do this? Exactly. And I'm like, gosh, this is so... And I think, like, I let fear kind of control my life a little bit sometimes. And biking, for me, is, like, still an uncomfortable space. And I don't... I'm Like, I'm a super defensive driver, so I imagine I'd also be a defensive bike rider, where I'm, like, always afraid somebody is going to do something, or they're going to take a wrong turn, or they're not going to see me, or something like that. And so that scares me a lot, but I think it's never going to get more comfortable until I do it. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not like we live in New York City, where, like, biking is an actual, like, super scary thing to do on a regular basis like because it is you can easily find back roads and back routes to get somewhere where you're roaming through the quiet neighborhoods exactly and i think like that is my inspiration is like this week is just like kind of letting myself feel how good it feels to like be back in the water Mm -hmm. or get on the bike and just like kind of time timeline be damned because I can get there when I get there or I can just give myself more time or like the things that I keep telling myself are stopping me from doing the thing that I really want to do. Just say you're going to be 15 minutes late because you're biking. Exactly. And it's so lame. But I think like that's my way of being like, well, I guess I can't do it again today. And it'll be another five years. I'll be like, well, I guess I never did that five years ago. (laughs) And be like, gosh, why didn't I ever go in the lake? Exactly. Exactly. So like that. I love the water too. So. And we could do that together. I'll join you. Okay. So you, so it's not like a solo thing. Well, and like, that's the other thing is like, I, I think I let other people's perceptions, like real talk moment, I let other people's like perceptions of me really sometimes rule the way I do things. And I am like fairly buttoned up as a person. Like I am very in control of like what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, how I think others see me. And when it's the pool, you're like... you're not a person who gets in the pool when I used to be like a little fat kid that just jumped in the pool whenever I wanted when I was growing up and like nothing could touch that confidence in me and I'm like where did that person go so cannonball into your life Sid I'm doing it I'm gonna do it but it's like so shout out to those people I know you probably don't know who you are but I'll tell you in private (laughs) but it really made me think a lot about like how I'm living my life and how I let fear and I let other people's like thoughts about what I'm about to do control so much of what I'm going to do and I just I'm kind of I'm just over it I'm just over it and it's something that I need to change about myself I love it so that's Uh, it again I think all of these things feed into each other Mm -hmm. so give it to me straight Sid what are we talking about today so you're so right that's so crazy so Today, we are talking about something that I think affects so, so many of us, and uh, we've been talking a little bit recently, I think here and there, either in our updates or in our inspiration about how social media kind of affects us in a lot of different ways, but today we really wanted to dive in a little bit more about how it's 
kind of pulling us away from our wellness practices and our mindfulness practices and how it's distracting us slash me um, more than anything else about like accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish and how the narrative on social media really, really affects so much of what we do and how we do it. Yeah, I think just an idea, especially because you've been bringing it up in a small way on your each of your updates. It's just having more awareness around the time that you've actually spent, aka wasted, while being on social media. Right. And that's time that you could have had floating in the, the water <laughs> or biking and being free. Working learning on my hairstyles. To, learning how to give yourself a blowout. <laughs> Great tips that could just make you a more versatile, wonderful, and enjoyable human being instead of living in a space where you're kind of like a, I don't know, like chained yeah. to... Yes, the check-in. Chained to the check-in and the expectation of having to live up to everybody else's version of themselves on social media yeah and it really like we're both fully aware of like the highlight reel concept I think we all know that the highlight reel concept really talks about like how everybody's kind of putting like I'm putting in quotes because sometimes it's not the best version of themselves but like the part of themselves that they want to show to other people so like we all know that that exists people are just putting out there what they want other people to see and I get that and I think the the scary part of this whole thing is like I'm super aware of that concept Mm -hmm. but it still has affected me in a way that I didn't even realize was happening and I'm scrolling and I'm like I don't even want to see half this stuff like how am I how did I get here how did I get here again (laughs) and I think like one of the things that I think about is like that weight of expectation for yourself and like why isn't my life like that even though it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, and you know that it's not going to be, and you probably know you don't even want it to be, but it still, like, is this weird weight that I think, like, our brain sometimes tricks us into thinking, um, and it's just this, it's just, like, a scary thing that happens very quickly, even yes. being super aware that it's happening. I agree. Um, I think when we think about the whole idea of fulfilling these expectations, all of them have nothing to do with what you actually want. Yeah. So, so scary. To detach yourself from that is really important. And I think you mentioned, too, about how, you know, the younger generation experiences it in a different capacity. Yeah. I think, like, that's the thing that I wanted as we were talking about this topic specifically and, like, I think, Brianna, we, were, we had this whole plan to do, like, a full detox, like, not touch it at all. We both also understand that that's not always super realistic for the place that we're in in our, like, work lives and and the things that we're doing on the side. So I think we wanted to take some time to really think about how social media is affecting us and, like, what we can do to, like, bring it down a couple notches. But I also think that we really need to be aware that this topic like hits us in our age range in a totally different way than it does for the younger generation for the older generation but especially for the younger generation we talk about this a lot lately in different places how it it is it is a very scary place sometimes for younger people and being in the place that they're at either in school or outside of school or whatever mm-hmm. it is like it's affecting them and and their mental health in a way that like we can't really even begin to understand unless we had like the professional sitting next to us who has done the work to study all this stuff. Um, so I just want to like make that clear that like for us this is a thing that we're working on because 
this is where we're at in our lives, but we, we, you know, the younger generation is dealing with something totally, totally different, I think. Yeah, and I think, obviously, we kind of want to hit at the core of, like, how are you going to be able to do this, you know, for our core demo, Mm -hmm. which is, like, people in their 20s and 30s, because for us, it's very different. We lived our youths without having technology. When we were the youths. (laughs) In our youth, (laughs) we... Far, far, far away. <laughs> Back in my memory, I can remember rotary phones. <laughs> I sure do. Somebody else but asked I also, me if I knew what a rotary phone was. And I was, and like, I was insulted. Shut up. I knew. Yeah. My grandmother had one. We and I had them. Loved it. <laughs> so we lived out that time. Yeah. Our entire adolescence was without technology ruling. Granted, we had AIM and had our own version that of that. That was totally, yeah. I which totally ch- chat rooms and oh my god. Oh. ASL. Away what? message. <laughs> All of it. So we had our own version of that, but obviously that's this, the same goes for like every generation. They have their thing. Their version of it. But for us to kind of, I think the interesting thing is that we end up navigating this a little bit differently. And so because it, we're now acknowledging how much of an impact this has on our lives, this is where we're going to start to dive into how can you like adjust things so that you're doing mini digital detoxes in your own life mm-hmm. so that it doesn't start to affect your self-esteem or your like productivity output or like get you fired from your job because you accidentally spent six hours on Facebook. Yeah, that's bad. When you shouldn't have. I don't know if that's ever happened to anyone, but you never know. You really because yeah. it's kind of like an addiction in a little way where you just you're like I need to open this up again and I need to scroll. Well, it fully is. I mean, they've talked about and this is like from a thing that we've read. I think that. It's like a dopamine hit every Mm -hmm. time you open your social media because it's like that hit of happiness. Like if someone's liked something that you've posted, like that's going to make you feel good. So like you want to feel that again. (laughs) So it is very much an addiction where you're like checking sometimes incessantly, especially after you've posted things because you're like, who liked it? Who didn't like it? Who commented on it? Did they hate it? If they didn't get enough likes, should I delete it? Like what should I do next? And it's Mm -hmm. like this great, like it it is a spirally place. Yeah. And then you're like, no one responded to that. Do they not like me anymore? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. It's insane. And it, like, and it goes, it goes real. And we're adults. Real deep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But sometimes I feel like I'm not when it comes to this stuff. Like, I actually think sometimes the younger generation handles this better because they're so used to it. Mm -hmm. So they know, like, what to do with all of these feelings when I'm just like, everybody hates me because no one's like my photo, which is not a big deal. And honestly... I feel like these, we've talked about this too a little bit in episode 10 that we did on the comparison complex of some of these things, especially as it relates to social media, you you end up putting yourself because it's, no one's doing anything to you. Yes. You are creating this in your head as you spend your time scrolling through an imaginary land. Yeah. Granted, I love social media. It's a very big part of my work and what I do. So I'm not trying to like hit on it as like, I think there's a lot of great qualities and it's a wonderful medium that exists now that we have at our fingertips at all times. It's just not letting it control us in the sense that, you know, we feel like we're not enough anymore. I agree with that. I think I have always thought, especially for small businesses, that having social media is like the best thing that could have happened. Unfortunately, with the algorithm change, maybe not as much anymore, but I think 
this was a platform where people could get their voice heard. If you're starting a business, if you're opening something up, if you're starting a service of any kind. And I, I agree with you. I have nothing against social media for the people that use it to like further what they do every day. I think that that is... I, it's I, more from like a personal standpoint that yeah. we want to tackle this topic yeah. of like, how is it that we can make adjustments so that it doesn't present a problem. Yeah. And like, what accounts are you focusing on that don't make you feel bad? Like, and why are the ones that are making you feel bad, making you feel bad? Yeah. Because I think about like the businesses I follow that, that sell cakes and ice cream and all of those things that I love. And I'm like, I don't want to get rid of you. Like, I love you. (laughs) That's how I know like where I'm going to get my cake this week is by social media. So it's not, it's yeah. Like you said, it is much more a personal topic to tackle than it is about anybody else and anybody's usage. I think that means it's time for us to get into it. Let's speak it, Queens. Yeah. So you found a great article that had some great takeaways. Yes. I think this is a good place for us to start. Like, ju- let's just get into the meat of it and yeah. kind of dive into some of the more specifics as uh, as we continue. But the article was t- it's from Mind Body Green Health and it's called "You Know That Social Media Can Make You Depressed." Here's what to do, which I think is like right the perfect <laughs> actionable. I'm like, I feel you and help me. Clicking now. <laughs> um, but I think that it's easy for us to get like super looped into feeling like, oh my gosh, I just wasted. Because again, like thinking about both what both of us have talked about recently, where you're like, I'm tracking, I'm doing a tick every time I open my phone and, you know, tracking how much time I've spent. And then me being like, I accidentally just spent two hours of my only night off this week staring at my phone, right. doing nothing. And now my finger hurts and I might have carpal tunnel from trying to hold it up because I don't want to have one of those little pop lock. Whatever. You got it. It's a pop socket, Brianna. <laughs> pop lock and drop it. <laughs> You sound, oh my god! <laughs> no idea. It, what's it called? A pop lock and drop it? I'm over thirty now, so <laughs> you're what three, four days over thirty? <laughs> Officially hit the uncool. <laughs> it's happened. Although I think the pop socket is so helpful. Is what you were going to say? It's not. Li- See again. Although the one that I got, topic. the one that I got in my side note, things if you are going to spend time on your phone, apparently this thing will help. It does in some ways. Ask. Mine has a shark on it. I got it as a giveaway, and I was like, I don't think that this goes with my floral motif. I would agree with that. So you want to find one like fits your style. They're great giveaways, but yeah, you want to find. But like, we're off tracking really hard right now. But I would love to hear from people that like are constantly on their phones for like blogs or any kind of. But it or, helped like, me holding your phone while you're trying to take like a snap, a steady, selfie, a steady selfie, yes. or snap your product. I think I love them. So shout out to the, what is it? Pop socket users. <laughs> the pop lock and drop it users. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Back to the topic at hand, giving people less of a reason to be on their phone. <laughs> um, but we had a couple of our own personal favorites from this article that we wanted to um, just kind of hit on and dive into a little bit because I think for everybody, it's going to affect you in a slightly different way. And so one of the things that um, I thought was awesome was that they mentioned 
using like taking this time to let go of the shame cycle Mm -hmm. and again i think the reason why i picked this is because it affects me personally (laughs) i think we both picked the tips we love because we're like that's me yeah (laughs) so i loved this because jen sincero in her book you are a badass which we both recently read Mm -hmm. um actually mentioned this and had some like really great actionable tips that worked well to like get you out of this mode um because again as you're doing like the thing that if you consistently are doing this it's very easy to fall into the trap of feeling like you know having self-doubt or insecure or jealous of other people and the things that they're doing or why didn't i get an invite or why didn't i hear about that event and Mm -hmm. like being upset about it and so to that feeling of jealousy or self-doubt is like this is what it translates into in like a statement form of like i'll never be successful like kim kardashian (laughs) her amazing line of all the products all products every product (laughs) makeup Kylie's lip kits. I'll never have that. You need to reframe it in order to give yourself that power back. Mm-hmm. Firstly, put your phone down. And then it actually really helps to write this down. And I know that that's something that we've talked about a million times. But um, I have every opportunity to use my strengths to become successful and fulfill my goals. And then also spending that time where you think about what are, what do I want? What do I need in my life? And what are those things that I'm trying to achieve? And if it is to become the next Kim Kardashian or the next you, which is important, do yeah. you? Yeah. Um, you need to like break that habit of comparison and feeling like you're not enough because you are just the thing the world needs and it's actively pursuing the things that you desire or have the ability to like offer the world and i think that that's magic Mm -hmm. but when you're sitting there and just like stuck in this shame cycle and scroll cycle it's very easy to end up feeling trapped so taking the time to like set it aside and remove yourself from that yeah and and that's such a good way to put it that reframing notion of like it's really easy and and i like how it's called the shame cycle because it sounds way scarier than it ever feels like it is when you're in it Mm -hmm. so if you can identify it as that i think you're much more likely to get out of it faster because you're like i really don't want to feel that way i think sometimes we get stuck in it and we're like this is just how i'm gonna feel like this you're just kind of accepting defeat at that point but when you identify it and call it out for what it is which is a, a shame cycle that feels bad and like Mm -hmm. no one wants to feel that way so taking that moment to reframe and walk away or put it down or whatever you need to do i think like it's that actionable item that will help you do it faster because you've identified it yeah so and that i think leads into the one that you loved the act of like unplugging oh yes yeah i did really like that one unplug an hour before bed and when you're with friends and family Mm -hmm. so this is one that i will always thank my mother for um the friends and family piece because she has no tolerance for a phone at the dinner table she has no tolerance for a phone when you're out like she is fully engaged and fully present when she's talking with me and so i feel super rude if i unless i say like I really need to take this or I need to look at my phone or something like so she keeps me honest when it comes to that but not everybody's like that so I think that like when you're taking a minute and you're not fully present like what's the point you know and the unplug an hour before bed I think is just 
healthy to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not even as much, I guess, like, if you do get stuck in that shame cycle without realizing it and it's right before you go to sleep, like, you're going to bed with all of that negativity and, like, stress and anxiety right before you're supposed to be, like, ridding yourself of that. <sighs> As you nap. And, <laughs> for eight hours. <laughs> the full REM nap. <laughs> and not only is it bad for you because of the, like, blue light that's yes. shining into your face as you're trying to, like, get cozy into bed. But it's – if you're doing that, that's, like, going to be in your brain as you dream. I don't know. I just feel like it ends up, like, you're like a sponge. Yeah. And you're soaking in the things that, like, aren't fulfilling to you. So, like, what would your bedtime routine rather be yeah like what would you want it to be it would be like quiet time a little sleepy time tea a nice magazine like getting some recipes oh yeah and see like that so i was doing this for a while the i didn't look at my phone an hour before i went to sleep and i really didn't look at it once i got into bed religiously during the week like never touched it and and somewhere along the line I started this months ago and I was at it for a a good few months before I broke and I can't remember why I broke I was I was just being lazy probably you know as I will but I noticed that I slept so much better when I didn't look at my phone right before I went to bed and I will on the weekends do it because I'm like, I guess I don't really need as good sleep on the weekends, which is totally false. <laughs> I think it was just like that my structure mentality was like, I need to give myself some room here. I can't be super structured all the time. So I like gave myself a pass on the weekends, which realistically like didn't really give myself a pass because I wasn't sleeping as well anyway. But it really, it makes a huge difference mm-hmm. to not look at your phone, probably partly because of the blue light, but also because you're not filling your brain with all of whatever it is that you're scrolling about. Too. You're like softly relaxing into your like cozy space that you've created for yourself that sh- your bedroom shouldn't have a TV or your iPad or your laptop or your phone in it. Yeah. Get yourself an get, old school alarm. Throw it back it. to the old days. I And I think, like, actually, the unplugging an hour before bed is way easier than, like, not having your phone out when you're with your friends and family because like you're by yourself well maybe you're not by yourself when you're in bed but <laughs> when you're scrolling you're i don't you know have a better romantic relationship with your lover <laughs> and it's just like no one's there to like kind of hold you accountable i guess yeah. like if you're kind of both in like downtime mode then you're kind of just like easing into sleep mode anyway but when you're with friends and family more times than not there might be someone who's with you who's going to be like hey like are you even here right now are you listening where are you at? Mm-hmm. So that was one of my favorite tips because as hard as it might seem to do, it's not that hard and it takes practice like everything that we talk about, but the benefit of it, I've actually felt that benefit and mm-hmm. it, it is like kind of magical. I always find that that act two is really challenging to like get into it mm-hmm. um, because, you know, sometimes if you, ha- again, if you're just in the mode where it's like a habit to grab at your phone or have it on the table every time you're, you know, everywhere or Mm -hmm. you get into the mode of like, I see a text message, I respond to it. Um, One of the things that like, as a friend and in a relationship, I've had to like navigate a little bit is realize that like, it's not necessary to respond to something immediately because they're texting you doesn't mean that you are required to respond within 30 minutes of them texting you. Right. And I was like, yes, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's a relearning. I mean, if it was urgent, someone would call. So exactly. And so I think 
every time I see an article that's like, here's how to be better about this. And I read this one thing recently that talked about how if you're in the moment of like with friends and you're talking to each other and telling stories and someone picks up their phone and is clearly disconnected from your conversation, pausing. Like if you're talking and they do that, just stop saying whatever it is that you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that moment that it they'll like figure it Catch out. On. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It'll take a minute or two maybe, but they'll be like, oh, you, what? You stopped talking. And when they look up, (laughs) when you look up, you say to them kindly, I saw you were on your phone, so I just wanted to give you a chance to take care of what it was that you needed before I finished my story. And like, keep it low key, keep it light, and just be like, you know, this was an important thing that I needed to talk to you about. And so I just wanted to make sure that like, we were both present for the conversation. Or if there is a situation where you're like from, you know, a self-practice moment, because again, I feel like the act of saying like, don't be on your phone, like, sure, that's a great idea. But how How? do you put these things to actual use and practice in your own life? And so um, if you do have to respond to something or something came up, whether it's work-related, personal-related, anything, A... It can probably wait, yeah. but if it does need to be responded to, I'm so sorry, excuse me for just one second, I need to respond to this. Mm-hmm. Everyone will always respond positively to that. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you pick it up without saying anything, it's immediately like the blinders have been shut. And so to you, it doesn't feel like anything because you're like, oh, I'm just like, I'm just saying like, yeah, that's fine. And like, moving like, on. But did that need to happen right now? But for the person that you're with or the people you're with... It's an immediate shutdown. Right. Where and it's like, it's hard oh, to they get don't back. Care. Right. And it's hard to get back to, like, if you were talking about something that's exciting, important, whatever it was, like, it's hard to get back to that place sometimes when you feel like someone's just, like, completely disregarded whatever it was you were saying. So, and I think we've talked about this in the active listening episode, too, about, mm-hmm. like, both sides of this or all sides of this are super important to acknowledge. Like if you're the person who has the problem with picking up your phone or if you really need to have it out for whatever reason, saying like, I just have this out because I'm waiting for so-and-so to call or I'm waiting for like an important message from whoever the heck. Mm -hmm. So it's like that explanation piece becomes very important. And if you don't think it's important, then you don't need your phone out at all. Like end of story. Yeah. And if you are in the mode of like, I want to put this on my Instagram story. Okay. That's another moment where it's like, I just need one minute to post this and then I'm right back. Because we've full done focus. that. Yeah. Like you, you, I think we've both had that moment where you're just like, give me one second and I'll be right back with you. And it's not like offensive. It's not going to break anybody's heart. Like, but I think that explanation piece is like, that's a game changer mm-hmm. because if someone didn't do that, you're just like, wow, they don't care about anything at all You're like should i have even come right and that feels like <laughs> and that feels whiny and aggressive but it's also like how do you feel when someone you're in the middle of a conversation someone just grabs their phone or if you have never felt that then mm-hmm. it's like okay then everybody around you is being pretty respectful oh, yeah and if, yes. if you're like oh why are you upset that i'm on my phone it's like, like do you know what that no feels like <laughs> And they used to do, I always used to hear, like, people would be at dinner, and if people didn't want others on their phone, like, put all your phones in the middle of the table face down, and Mm -hmm. whoever picks theirs up first pays for everybody's dinner. I will never practice that rule because it terrifies me, because emergencies happen. But I do think, like, the premise of that 
makes sense. You're there together, be together. But that's the thing is like, we're all adults here. Mm -hmm. The reason why we're spending time with each other is because we want to be with each other. Right. You don't want to be with your social media friends. If you wanted to be with your social media friends, you should have declined the invite. Go home. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave. Or are we your friends? (laughs) It is. And so, yeah, that's what I think of that article. I think there were six tips and we'll share that. There are a few. We'll link to it in show notes. But but that one's the one that stood out for me. Those are magical. And the other thing, too, this kind of goes off of what we were just talking about. Um, I just recently listened to a Being Boss episode and one of the guests talked about how she consistently sticks to a 24-hour no-tech time on the weekend. I read that and that scared me. And I was like, that is so bold and impressive. I don't know that I have the ability to like incorporate that in my life because again, I think all of these things are like, wow, I want that. But how do you put it into practice in a small way so that you can like, like an implementable mini digital detox? Because I think with like the way that the world is, it's very important for us to enjoy the lives that we're living. Mm -hmm. And so if we're feel like, feeling like social media is getting in the way of that, that's a moment where you have to recognize, okay, how do I take the time away? Maybe it's not 24 hours right away, but it's, you know, I think from my side of things, I've been implementing this on a small scale right. in my own life where something that is like, this is something small and manageable so that I can train myself into practice to doing this more easily and right. I think you can kind of vouch and say that this is something that's helped you a lot where it's like not during the day mm-hmm. but like leaving my phone at home when I'm going out for a walk or going for a workout because it's so easy to like have your phone with you and like be doing a workout or like on the elliptical and, and like checking. also scrolling through social media or texting people and it's like a you're probably not working out hard enough it's so so true yeah and i would definitely fall off the treadmill if i was looking at social media and trying to walk at a brisk brisk pace cardio level pace. (laughs) i would i would definitely and that's one of my biggest fears ever is falling off the treadmill so Knock on wood, it hasn't happened yet, but... I have seen it happen a couple times at the gym. It so much. One time, because, so, where I was working out, there was a lady who, like, did, like, a... She was going slowly, but, like, arms out, like, slid down it, and I I jumped off the elliptical and was like, oh, my God, are you okay? (laughs) She was, like, so embarrassed, and I was like, I'm trying to help you. I would die of embarrassment (laughs) before I would actually hurt a bone in my body, I think. (laughs) I almost hurt myself trying to make sure that she was okay, because I, like, launched myself. Did she acknowledge that? I mean, how selfish. (laughs) (laughs) No, because, like, you know on the elliptical when the arms are moving? Oh, yeah. Like, tearing through the whole machine. I was like, do you need help? Yeah, so but that's don't like, look at your phone when you're doing cardio. <laughs> it's it's a risky move because things like that can happen and then you end up... Shame. Shamed in a different way. So much shame. So, uh, sorry for the side story. <laughs> but, we love those. <laughs> um, I think also putting my phone in the bedroom has been helpful when I'm like in the living room yeah. or in the kitchen or... You know, now that it's been nicer, there's been more porch time. Mm-hmm. And so something that I love and enjoy is, like, sitting on the porch and watching people walk by and just, like, savoring the nighttime evening yeah. activities and just, like, relaxing. I don't need my phone. To do any of those things. To do any of those things. And so at least for, like, a couple hours while we're sitting outside, I'll leave my phone 
in you know my purse or whatever and just those moments help to retrain my brain to know that I don't need this at arm's length right because I think when it's there it creates a sense of urgency to or like a need you're like I see it and I haven't looked at it in a minute I wonder if anything's happened right nothing's happened also when I have there was one time I left my phone away for like four to six hours Zero text messages and nothing exciting happened. Sometimes that feels bad, and but I was I like, <laughs> I was like, really? No, nobody. Why do I need this on my person at all times? It's true because I think we're always in fear of something happening. So, like, I realize more and more how much fear rules so much of what we do, and like, you're like the just in case mentality of what if something terrible happened and I missed the call, like, but. I mean, yeah, that could happen, but as long as you know where it is, it's just, it gets out of hand very quickly. And I think it does say a lot that, like, you can go a whole work day without even realizing it's not near you and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And that might not be the case every single day, but that's a reason to say, like, maybe a couple hours at a time isn't going to be so bad yeah. if I can go a full work day without it. And even taking it another step further, sometimes just the turning the phone fully off. Another thing that's helpful, I which I've heard from successful business owners on yeah. other uh, podcasts that I love, um, is again, like going back to that, you know, I've, I have a full 24 hours where I'm not on any technology, tech-free time so I can spend time with my family, my friends, whatever. Also, I've removed all social media apps from my phone. And so it's actually impossible for me to spend hours on these platforms that aren't serving me because again that's if it's becoming a problem mm-hmm. where it's affecting you your mental health or your just like emotional stability or like from an addiction standpoint of like I just need to be on this all the time yeah that's where it's like okay maybe it's best for you to remove this because it's affecting you in a negative way yeah and a thing that I like I haven't gotten to the point where I I would love to remove all the apps from my phone but I need them from a work standpoint so <laughs> But I turn off all notifications. And so I have to manually open the app to see if if anything's happened. And again, scheduling check-in time is really important. Yeah. I I think the removing your apps from the phone is is kind of what hits home for me. Because I think that is hard to do, but also the most necessary. Mm Because turning notifications off, for me personally, like, I think I have them off most of the time as it is. So... I don't see them come through, but it is like kind of an automatic, like I've talked about in my updates, like it's an automatic, just like, I've got a minute, let me check. I've got a couple minutes, let me check. But if it's not even there, I feel like that's what would work for me. And I've heard about people doing this, like somebody I knew who was in law school and she was like at the time of like study, like finals area. And she just needed, she needed all of it gone. Like she was off everything for the length of time that it took. And you think about like, Maybe you're not always studying for the bar, but like what for you is that? Or is it like that time with your family? Is it self-care mode, like where you just need to walk away? I think for me, the removing of the apps is what will be, if I can ever get there, the most effective Mm -hmm. because 
it's no longer an option. And it doesn't delete your stuff. You're no, you, it's not like you don't exist on social anymore. If you delete the app, you just need to re-add it. But all of your accounts are, I think that's like the important distinct, distinction to make is that like just by removing the app from your phone doesn't delete you from that platform. Yeah. It just takes it off of that accessible point of being on your phone. So you can always bring it back. You can always log back in. It'll still be there. Everything you did will still be there. Exactly. Or you can log in on the mobile web the age old (laughs) although now i feel like whenever i open if i like click something through an article and it opens it up in safari on my iphone yeah it's like to see the rest of this open the app and i'm like that's not the point i want to see like the desktop version in the mobile and they're like no they everybody just wants to like (sighs) convert you to so annoying i'm like i don't need more apps i don't even know how to you know how people have like you have this like how you organize all your apps on your phone to Mm -hmm. like be different things i still haven't figured out how to do that i've had an iphone for years (laughs) don't give me that look (laughs) someday i'll figure it out (laughs) but right now i'm in this blissful place where i just don't do it (laughs) If that's how you want to live your life, you continue to do that. You're, like, throwing up inside. I just have to accept that nobody does what I do. (laughs) We're all different and unique flowers, Brianna. Um, One of the things that I wanted to talk about today around this topic was, like, what about people who actually work in social? I don't work in social, so I can't imagine what that world feels like. Like, how do you get away when it is ingrained and part of your job description? And I've heard that people who do work in social actually end up neglecting their own because they're so tired of it, which I totally, I'm sick of my own and I don't work in it. So (laughs) I can't imagine, like, I know you have a lot to kind of say on this topic. (laughs) So this is like kind of like an, like... Kind and of, aside, yeah, yeah, I think um, no, it is true. Like a lot of times, especially because you're managing other people's brands or platforms. If you're a freelance person, you're linked to multiple accounts. It is kind of stressful to think about it in that sense. So you will neglect your own, perhaps, unless you're like a machine. There are some people out there that are just like so good at being on everything and posting unique things from everywhere. I don't necessarily work in that capacity, so I'm always very impressed by them. Yeah. Um, But I think the way that brands now use social media is very similarly to treating it like any other media platform that exists. Yeah. So just as people have, you know, created marketing and content plans and advertising plans, the communication strategy encompasses social media within that scope as well. Mm -hmm. And so I think the intentional thing, especially when I started in the social media industry, literally right out of college, I had 50-year-olds looking at me like... I can't believe you're doing what you're doing and you just get to like sit on Facebook all day. A, I cannot believe people still say that now. (laughs) It's like, that's not what I'm doing because first of all, it's all intentional time spent building strategy, putting effective content into practice, much like how you are creating content for other platforms and other mechanisms and media out there that exist you're doing the same thing but just in a different communication channel right and so 
there's always like content plans, calendars, schedules in place, and it ties back to the company goals and your job goals and what it is that you're trying to achieve. But the beautiful thing is that you know, the myth is that it's just like fun and games, yeah. but it's really great because it ties into the whole plan. Right. And so now there's a strategy around it. Um, but it does like the challenging piece of it is that it's all you're always you could be always on. Yeah. And so I think in the early days, especially because like I didn't learn any of this stuff. This wasn't part of my, you know, communications degree, degree that I got um, because brands did not exist on Twitter when I was in college. And so the fact that I now go and present to students and talk to them about social media as, you know, an organization is really cool because they're actively learning about these things as courses within their, you know, student programs. And they're some of the most popular courses too. And I think like responding to the thing that like maybe the older generation or the generation or any person that doesn't really understand like that it is work and it is a job is I think there's this narrative that says like, oh, you were doing this like for fun 10 minutes ago for your own personal life. Like nobody was putting a commercial on TV about like their Saturday, you know, like it's, it's, and I think that's like why people don't take it as seriously or don't understand why it does move so quickly and is so important to brands and companies is because you're like, well, you're doing it for you though too. So how is it work? I'm like, it's but, work because it's not me. But <laughs> like, that's, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that it's a direct line into people who actually care about your product and are engaging with you and communicating with you. It's super exciting, but it's also super intense. It's intense. And especially if you're in that mode of like, you know, I think about it from consumer standpoint or customer service. Like anytime I've had an issue with my cable company, I shoot them a message on Twitter because I can't get a response from them from customer service over the phone. Right. I send a tweet and I immediately get a response. I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just like, hey, I'm having an issue. I can't get through on the customer service phone line. And they're like, what do, and they're, what do you need? The problem is solved within 20 minutes. It's amazing. It is. And yeah. so that's a thing though, is that it does often require, you know, 24 hour monitoring and responding. And enlisting a team that's tasked with that responsibility is A important. But also having guidelines around that and Mm -hmm. surrounding, you know, how your brand voice should sound from the social perspective. Um, I think managing social guidelines and creating guidelines is something that's vital within every organization, period. Yeah. Um, And if your organization does not have that, you should probably look into that or mention it to your communications team because it's vital. So how have you, as someone who does this for work and, like, has a fairly, like, um, present persona, I guess, from your personal life perspective, too? Because it's not like you're, like, radio silent and just post from the work perspective. How have you found, like, as we're talking about social media detox, I know we've talked about, like, how you personally do it, but, like... Over the course of like a couple weeks when you know you've got a lot going on and you need to post a bunch for work, how do you balance that like mental health wise and like how Mm -hmm. do you manage that? Yeah, I think first and foremost, obviously everything needs to have a strategy around it. So like what platforms are you on and why? And so thinking about everything from setting your own guidelines within the structure of your company organization and what it is that exists within your role of like, you know not allowing yourself to really get sucked in because um, I think from 
a standpoint of like, how do you do what you do if you are, you know, anticipating a big launch? Like, writing out that content in advance as best you can, finding photos. You know, I think, again, everything kind of comes at it like it, there's all strategy the behind strategy. it. And so, figuring out your content plan and how that exists and what platforms you're going to be posting from and getting that out of the way in advance and getting the work done in advance is like first and foremost definitely what needs to be done. But I think also figuring out this kind of comes into like a time management standpoint is like set your own guidelines of like, you know, I'm not going to respond to things on the weekends because... Because realistically you could. Technically I don't need to. But if there was a, you know, if you worked for a brand that required that, then I'm not going to respond to things during like the 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. or the 6 p.m. in evening. Right. Um, or if there is some, if you do work for an organization where, you know, there has to be 24-hour monitoring, making sure that you set up a schedule in which to like have people. Who's the person. Who, like who, if, you know, someone in Europe is part of your team, maybe have them check in to make sure that there aren't any fires that you need to put out yeah um and vice versa like you know hitting at it from all the time zones and having a plan in place is really important but i think the best thing that's worked out is just like setting guidelines and um only responding to things outside those guidelines if they're urgent okay and that's and i I just think it's so interesting because again for people that work in it they also have a personal life that's part of it. So it's like it, you're like double hitting a lot of times mm-hmm. if you are like an active user in your personal life. So it's just interesting to learn like how you personally and I know other people to handle this totally differently about how like do you know that you're just not personally going to be on it for a while because there's a lot coming up. But I do appreciate how the structure helps separate the two. Yeah, because if there's structure in place, then you can live your life however you want it. Yeah. And like and there's you know. already like a plan in place. And I think the perception is that like everything is on the fly because sometimes the personal piece of social media is on the fly. So mm-hmm. something happens, you post it, it's done. But for the work perspective, it is very much not on the fly. Yeah, I think there's also opportunity to build in organic time and posting and all of that. And so again, when it's part of your job you treat it like a job. And so personal time on social media is very different from work time on social media. So that distinction is very clear because, again, there's strategy, there's content, there's plans, there's, you know, you work it all into your day. Yeah. I think there's, like, and this is for another day, but I do think that there's, like, something here around social media detox if it's your job. Like, how do you do that? And I think that you would be really good, again, at a later date. Because I know there's a lot of people trying to build this right now, especially Mm -hmm. from the small business perspective and from like the, especially in like nonprofit and different places like that, they're, they're just starting to have a presence for their organization and knowing what works, what doesn't, how to not get overwhelmed, what that strategy looks like could be super helpful. So I might like, you know, suggest you maybe like do a class or something. I'll totally do that. (laughs) But like tip, if you are a brand that's working, set time on your calendar as if you would you know, working in the kitchen and, you know, prepping inventory or whatever it is that you do, that piece of social media needs to be on your calendar, especially if you're doing it from a brand standpoint, you need to incorporate it into your overall plan and add it as a to-do on your calendar. Yeah. It could be 30 minutes a week or it could be 
30 minutes a day. Right. Depending on, depending on what, the need ha- is. what your strategy is and what matters to you and what platforms are important to you. But again, another topic for another day. There's a lot there. And it's, and again, I don't work in it, so it doesn't land for me. But it's really interesting to learn because I strictly use it for my personal. I'm and you're like, like, I'm addicted to it as an individual. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I couldn't add, like, the responsibility of representing a brand on it because that just tires me out. <laughs> so just thinking about it. So I do think it's a really, for those of you that, like, are listening and might be working in this or just starting to figure out how to help your company do this, I think that there is definitely a place for some outreach and slash if Brianna will entertain the idea mm-hmm. of, like, just helping to answer some of those questions. Because from that standpoint, it's an act of productivity. It's an act yeah. of like I'm doing this because I'm fulfilling my goals as a as an individual or as a as an organization. Mm-hmm. And here's what we're trying to achieve from our communication strategy. And here's the br- like product we're launching or this event that we're hosting. Right. It's like what I whatever I'm posting is uh, there's a call to action to whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Or building awareness. And so everything outside of that from a personal personal standpoint is like when you Different. think about social media for work versus social media for personal life like i've got work on lockdown my personal life is in shambles <laughs> because, because they're different because when you're at it from work you're like goals from a personal standpoint it's just endless scrolling and you know fomo yeah which so is true. what we're trying to shake yeah but i think this leads kind of nicely into like some of the inspiration that we've gotten from teenagers and other organizations out there because they're doing things differently than we are and have a totally different perspective than we do. Yeah, they have like just this crate. So there's a Man Repeller article that I enjoyed called Teens Quit Social Media, Should We Do the Same? And like we talked about earlier, I think as much as I think I'm just like a warrior by nature too. So I'm like the kids, we gotta protect the kids and protect you first. <laughs> but it seems like they have a much better handle on all of this than apparently I do. So these were like 18 and 19 year olds from different places all over the U.S. And what they talked about was like. Quitting social media was, like, kind of hard, but not really as hard as I imagined it would be. They were on, like, every platform that existed from what they said in the article. But they, once they got used to not being on it, they didn't miss it. But it seems like they did it for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to just stick with it. And I was like, oh, wow, that just seems, like, so clear. And it makes so much sense. And for some reason, it's much harder for, I think, for whatever reason, it's harder for people in our age range to let go of that. But like you said, they have lived with it their entire lives. So I think there's a different type of attachment to it. But I enjoyed reading the perspective because I think it's important to see how it is affecting different age groups. And as much as I think that it is a really scary place for a lot of kids and teenagers, maybe it is for some people, but maybe that act of letting go and getting used to letting go helped and it worked. And they did, they, they were like, sometimes it felt weird that like people would ask if they could find me on Instagram. And I said, I wasn't there, but it seemed like they got over it pretty quickly. And I'm like, Oh, see, like, I feel like, when I was in high school and I said I wasn't doing, like, the new hot thing, it would be, like, a point of ridicule for much longer than just, like, oh, you're not on it? That's weird, but 
moving on. And I just thought it was a really interesting read to see what's actually going on with people versus like what I think is going on. Yeah. And maybe that's also why we, because it's something that we had, we like dove into differently or that existed. Like we didn't grow up with it. We slowly, it slowly interjected itself into our lives. And now it's here always. And we're adults now and we're just like I can eat ice cream and be on my phone for 12 hours at a time if I want to (laughs) but it's like no that's actually causing problems for your life so it's time that we stop that but um I also read that uh there's also technology that's starting to come out that helps super cool keep us off our phones yeah I loved this so there's this thing called yonder y-o-n-d-r because vowels are just not necessary anymore. Not in the new, hip, cool tech space. (laughs) So this was an article posted by Washington Post about um, just, like, new technology that exists um, to abolish cell phone, smartphone addiction. Because cell phone, some people still do have flip phones. So let's make the distinction, phones connected to the internet. (laughs) We should have said that first. (laughs) So this company basically created this thing. It's like a little pocket that you put your phone in and like zip it up. And there's a mechanism that locks it. So you can keep your, your phone will be with you. So they basically advertise it as like, this is, beneficial for like concerts or school or conferences where you want people to be tech free for a period of time and so the only way for you to get it unlocked like it will always be with you and you can get it unlocked Mm -hmm. it's just you have to go back to the entrance or like work to the principles i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) to like get whoever holds the key yeah and so it's cool because it kind of looks like a little magnet and you're like boop and i think that 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 piece that it's with you still because people get real shysty when you take their phone away and I understand that because I would too Mm -hmm. but I think what makes it work and what makes it better is that it's not like someone's taking it from you they're letting you keep it they're just taking away the option to use it right and the benefit is that again from the example of a concert is that these people started to be present and not documenting their experience on the phone or like during that downtime instead of just scrolling on their phone because i've totally done this where i'm like in the line at the grocery store and i'm like i'm almost right you know check in and see what other people are up to but it's like no maybe you could have a conversation with the person that you're standing to in line and so um that was the benefit of just like conversations people were rowdier and had more fun because they're you know chatting with each other and learning from each other right duh that's amazing makes so much and then a school in california used it and they locked up their phones from first to last period and what resulted in the time frame that they did this was grades were going up and there was an 82 percent decrease in like arguments or referrals to defiance what they quoted as like just disrespect or you know problematic write-ups yeah that's crazy which blew my mind i mean the grades too because like realistically you're like oh you go home and study but it like half of what you're learning obviously happens in the classroom it just doesn't happen in the book that you take home at the end of the day Mm -hmm. where you are full access to all of the technology that lives within your home so like you think about that and it's such a game. It obviously is very clear and makes so much sense, but you could even think that 
you're paying attention, but like one buzz comes through and you're out of it. And Mm -hmm. who knows how long you're out of it when that happens. So the fact that it's not even an option, I just think like the 82% is huge, but I think the grades going up is just like, that's the one that really hits for me. I think it's just awesome to know that there are things that exist now that like, because again, because it's still fresh a little bit, there's still things that we need to learn in order to like have an understanding of like here's when it's too much yeah here's like the happy medium where we live and how to like keep living in this space of momentary detoxes because i think that that's important and i think from at least what i've recognized of me exactly what you mentioned before where it was like we're gonna do a week without phones (laughs) because like that was all the articles that i had seen is like people went like balls to the wall all in and it was like that's not reasonable so like how do you incorporate this into your life in a totally manageable way where you can say to yourself i can set my phone aside for two hours and be present in the life that i'm living without feeling like i have to check in or feel like I'm experiencing some sort of FOMO because I'm with this group of friends instead of that group of friends and seeing them post on social media. It's like, no, live your life the way you want to live it. Right. And shake the habit a little bit of wanting to just constantly have it within arm's reach because that's a scary place. It really is. Actually, when you remove yourself from it and then you go back and you're like, whoa. And you realize, yeah, I've had weekends where like you're spending time with friends all weekend and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm super behind on social media. And part of me is like stressed that I missed something, which is crazy. But you realize like, what did I just do for the whole weekend? Oh, oh yeah, I was doing things that I love with people that I love and I felt no need to check in. Like, remember that feel because that's the one that'll help and not the one that will make you feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, and I find myself now when I do hop on, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, I've actually ended up unfollowing a couple people or hiding people because I'm like, sorry, you don't listen to me anyway, so it doesn't matter. It's that moment of like, oh, that actually, before it was just like, ooh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the update. You're scrolling through. But the moment that you remove yourself and haven't seen the regular check-in, you see things come up and you're like, that doesn't fulfill me anymore. Right. I don't need you to be present on my feed because you're not adding value to my life. And so when you remove the social media from your life and then add it back in pieces you then see these are the things that i want to be seeing and if i do open up my phone especially weird benefit of the algorithm is that while things may not necessarily be of the moment that you see it mm-hmm. you will end up stumbling upon stuff that you actually care about if your feed is clean right like your follower list is clean of like only people and brands and companies and businesses and friends and family that you actually want to t- stay in touch with. Yeah. It's That's a game how changer. It be. I actually was going to say, like, go and unfollow. Just do it. I mean, if someone is making you feel bad, not even their fault. It's never their fault, I imagine. But, like, just unfollow them. And if they find out and if they know and they're going to make you feel bad about it, then like that's on them. Like you're doing something that's good for you and that's important. And I find now like the posts that make me the happiest are the ones that like, even if they're beautiful photos, but they're of like my friend's kids or they're of like great looking food. And like I'm, I am finding like those actually do make me happy and not in the scary way that's like the shame kind of like 
dopamine hit happy, but the like genuine, like I get to see my friend's kids grow up because I don't get to spend as much time with them as I'd like. Or I get to see an awesome special at a place that I love, which will definitely prompt me to visit that restaurant that evening. Like those are the things I care about now and being able to weed out the things that just like make me feel sad or make me feel like I'm not doing good enough or I'm not doing enough at all. I'm, I'm over that. I'm done with it. And I just think that there's better. I'm going to go spend time in the pool. I'm going to go ride a bike. <laughs> just a better way to live. <laughs> there you have it. I think that we have mastered the start of what we can see as a great, right, social media less future. Absolutely. I'm ready. Can't get rid of all of it, but we'd love to hear from you guys if there's anything that works for you or tips that we didn't cover because I think that this is a land that we all have to start figuring out. And so maybe one day we'll get to the point where we can have 24 hours tech free, but until then, I'll see you on my porch with a cocktail. For sure. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.